Hey sister, do you want to be able to operate in the fullness of your calling without having to fear of doing the wrong thing or having to worry about what others will think? Are you tired of doing the back and forth thing of going all in and then later to realize you don't feel ready or it wasn't the right choice? Do you wish there was a way to feel confident in your calling and take actions that show God that you trust him? My name is Yolanda King, a wife, mom, social worker, and women's transformation coach. After a lifetime of struggling with deep hidden insecurities and feeling like I could never quite reach my potential, I discovered that the key to kingdom success is having a rooted kingdom identity, a fortified mindset, and the courage to take relentless action in spite of struggles. It is my mission to help you pick up the mantle of your calling full of confidence in knowing who you are and what you are destined to do. Here on the podcast, we will have discussions that will empower you, strengthen your leadership skills, help you connect and serve the people God called you to lead, and give you the tools to build a kingdom lifestyle that you love and honors God. So are you ready to receive clarity, coaching, and divine downloads so you can be the woman God called you to be? Let's do this. I'm over here. Hey, beautiful women of God, welcome back to the She's Called and Confident on today's podcast episode. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm honored. My heart is beaming with so much joy. I've also been wanting this guest to come on here for quite some time. But as you know, I had to take a purposeful pause on the podcast. But now that we are back, without a doubt, I had to ask my friend Courtney Browning to come back on what well, to come to the podcast <laughs> mm, yeah. and talk to us on man on receiving from God, especially as a female leader, as a woman called for more and called to make an impact in this world. Mm. Um, let's just be honest how hard it is for us to receive sometimes. And so she is an experienced ministry leader, a wonderful mm. woman of God, um, a spiritual alignment coach, just mm. and she is also a podcast uh, coach. So I'll definitely leave all her links down below. But Courtney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's been a long time coming, and yet we know uh, God's timing is perfect. Not <laughs> And um, I, I honestly can say, as you were saying, that amazing introduction that I feel like, oh my gosh, is that really who who you're? Am I who you're talking about? Uh, I can honestly say that totally for such a time as this, we are aligning right now to do this podcast. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I couldn't yeah. agree more. And so, Courtney, I want to start off with talking us talking to us about Courtney and how God led you here. Tell us a little bit about you. I, um, gosh, as, as I was thinking into this, I thought, well, what's the story there, Lord? And it's so simple, um, almost too simple in my mind. And it's, it's simply, um, I have been placed in roles of leadership, never even realized they were roles of leadership. And so, um, you know, if someone asked me to, Hey, can you do kids ministry? No problem. Didn't, didn't even see leadership attached to it. I just saw it as I'm serving. And, um, so between children's ministry, youth ministry, young adult ministry, um, praise and worship, uh, women's ministry. I think the only ministry that I have not served in, in any capacity has been, um, infants just holding babies. That's the only ministry that I, I would say I have, oh, in audio and video. I've not been in those two areas of ministry. And um, 
I would say I never saw myself in leadership roles until uh, young adults. So that would have been 2008. And when that ended after that, I just forgot about leadership and just still said yes to whatever I was asked to do. And, um, this thing called coach, that title, uh, I didn't realize there was a title for it. I didn't realize there was a structure for it. I just know I'm always curious. I'm always asking questions. And I always want whoever is in front of me that I'm having a conversation with. I want them to see the full picture because there is a prophetic prophetic gift that's on my life that I didn't know about. Um, and so I've always been one that has wanted to say, so in this amount of time, what does that look like? And if you were to make a decision based on that, is that the outcome you want? If it's not, then what would you do different so that that's not your outcome? Had no idea that coach was attached to that until I went through training. Isn't it interesting? And remind me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting how like when you discover coaching, you're like, what? <laughs> it blows your <laughs> mind. But um. What I was going to ask you too, you are certified through John Maxwell Leadership? Yeah, John Maxwell team. John Maxwell, as much as it's uh, like when I mention his name, I don't hear people that are familiar with him. And yet when you just Google who's the number one person in leadership, his name comes up. And, and, and John Maxwell um, he's such a phenomenal leader. And I love that God made it possible for me to come across John Maxwell's path because I am a very transparent, vulnerable, um, uh, no filter person when it comes to just sharing. And that still nowadays isn't necessarily common. As And I think as a body of Christ, we should be, but that's just my personal opinion. So I'll just leave that there. And so when I came across John Maxwell and I went to his conference to become certified, for him to share all of his failures and to cry and to um, to know that he was a pastor for over 25 years and to know that um, that he is not ashamed to share his failures because he knows that a great leader is only successful because they failed. Is that a thing? Right. And so um, to have come across his path and and have personally met him um, and just to be connected with him. And I did not realize how many books of his I had written before even becoming certified. I just loved how he taught in his books. Um, and so, yeah, to to actually get certified under him and to. You know, it's not like he blares it out to the world that he is a lover of God. He's a servant leader. And yet, if you go to one of his certifications, he's going to have a Sunday morning service and he's going to do an altar call. And there's yet to be an altar call that there aren't thousands at that altar getting saved. And that's not talked about. Mm, amazing. Amazing. I know I picked up his newest book, The 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication. I'm excited to just kind of go through that book. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned something. You said, let's not go there, but I'm going to go there. Uh-oh. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> it was in the middle, right? We got to read in between. Okay. <laughs> and we're talking about women in leadership. We yeah. got to go there. Okay. 
you know, you love how he's so transparent and talks about his failures, which is not very common in the body of Christ. He has said, let's not go there. So what does that mean right there? And why is it? Why do you think it's not common? (laughs) You just went right for the jugular right here. My goodness. Uh, All right. I'm here for it. What I have experienced, I've done it myself. And I see it very much so, especially, dare I say that, Lord, especially those who have a large influence, a large impact. What I've seen is there's a disconnect between staying authentically themselves and being very honest about the real things that are happening in their life, even though God has given them such a platform and thinking that, because if I do that, that will diminish my influence. That will alter my capacity to be influential and impactful. And so unfortunately I'm about to say it, something that's doesn't feel very good. And yet it is a reality. So we begin to wear masks. And we mask all these things. And what we don't realize is, is it, it, it calls into question what or who told you that? Who told you that? And, and why do you believe that? It's a really powerful question. And I couldn't agree more, especially, you know, I'm I'm in ministry, my ministry as well, my local leadership and And what is the right balance, right? You're leading people. So in a certain sense, they're supposed to look for you for advice to help in their struggles. Um, So there is a balance as like them being able to see you as someone stable, but then also somebody relatable who do go through stuff. That word, relatable. Yeah, and I think you almost do a disservice if you don't show that and show how you get yourself out of there. Show how you question God, but at the same time, you don't. Like in this season, my parent might have passed away. And why, God? I was praying for his salvation and he didn't come yeah. to you. Like, why, God? Why did this happen? I've been serving you faithfully, but at the same time, knowing that you're not going anywhere because you, you're a child of God. That's his presence. Like, though, these are real stuff. There's something beautiful to be found in a leader who is not afraid for their humanity to be on the table. And um, a great hot off the press example that you were able to witness was me last Thursday in my Facebook group. That's what came to mind. And I'm sitting there and while it's like, live and in color happening that my zoom is not connecting with Facebook and all of that. And, you know, of course the enemy comes and see, you, you're not going to be influential. You're not going to have an impact. Da, 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 da. You know, the whole list, the whole gamut. And the thing is, is I'm reminded of a question my husband asked me um, just within this last year. And he said, Hey, hon, you know, I read your post on Facebook and man, you were like, like you just really let it be known that you're, you know, you're not confident in this, that, and the other. And do you really think people need that? And it just rose up so quick within me. 
those that I'm called to? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because they need to see that what God has called you to, he's the one that placed you there. He's the one that upholds your reputation, not you. And so while you are there, so long as you're led by him and what you're sharing and how you're sharing, he protects that reputation. And in the meantime, that person that I'm called to is looking and saying, oh my goodness, if she can be okay with her humanness and know that yet in the midst of that, God still has not changed his mind on her call. He has not changed his mind on what he wants her to do. And she's just having a moment and she knows she's not going to stay there. And that is because of that, that she's anointed because the anointing only comes because of the areas in which you are weakened. Can we just talk about that? So if you're not willing to go ahead and say that area of weakness and just let it be known, what did Paul say? In my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So because I have that reality, yes, my people need to know that. Does that mean I'm called to everybody? No. Yeah, amen to that, right? And then it also reminds me, as you were speaking um, when in the passage in the Bible where it starts talking about a prophet is not welcome in its own home. Mm. Um, and sometimes when God has a message or brought you through a lot of different things in your life, you have a message to share. And some people locally that you are closest to are not going to understand. Oh, Yolanda, you know you're in my mix, right? Because there's a Voxer chat that you and I are in right now. And I don't know if you saw my little message in there. You haven't? Let me read it. Just so you can know, you just really got in my mess right there. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, uh, day 19 response, being physically heard and seen. I'm in the process of getting over what my family or those who are in close proximity to me think about how I share and what I share. I thought I didn't operate in self-preservation when it came to my reputation. And yet God in his loving kindness helped me to see that I care too much about it, uh, about a certain group of people. And it is, uh, It is a barrier that has hindered me from being bold and courageous and being seen, um, whether I do it through video or audio, no longer will that be because it will cause me to fall into one of two traps, which I have done both. One, stay paralyzed and say nothing, or two, say only what I believe will keep them happy, even if it means that I am being disobedient to what God is asking me to share. This has been a project that God and I have been in since the midst of last November. In the words of Diana Ross, I'm coming out because my voice matters to God and those whom he's called me to. And people's opinions, ideas, words, and issues are not to be a factor at all. I have my circle of support to keep me in check so that I'm not a lone rebel with my own cause. There's a high price for that person and I refuse for it to be me. Mm, Let's talk. Mm, Come on. (laughs) For those listening here, let's just put this in context. Uh, Me and Courtney right now are currently in a a group group program. So we're we're connected in a group message. And so there's uh, some a question today, a daily prompt. Oh, do you want me to read that one? Did you read it? I I think I read it earlier in the morning, but go for it. Go for it. Okay. So the prompt is, 
where am I still hiding and playing small in my content? Okay, so let's rephrase this for the listener. Um, instead of putting content, can you put content? Yes, yes. Can you repeat the question? Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, that's so good. Yes, Lord. Okay, sorry. Where am I still hiding and playing small in my calling? Mm. Sit with that for a little bit with the Holy Spirit. And so the common struggles that women have in leadership, I think we've talked about it, is like the transparency. Because you're constantly always serving, you're constantly always giving of yourself. One of the things that you talk a lot about, and I believe I'm in the season of this as well. A few Mm -hmm. podcast episodes ago, I talked about my deliverance and breakthrough with my mindset because I was blocking myself from receiving from God. Mm -hmm. Um, And your podcast episodes talked about that as well, is women receiving. They don't know how to receive anymore. You know, um, that live that didn't go as well as I had expected it to. Let me rephrase that. Rewind. It didn't go how I planned, and yet God still showed up. That lie. And the reality of we don't necessarily have a receiving problem, we have a faith problem. And the way that we can know that is God's already given us his most opulent, benevolent gift, right? Jesus Christ. And we've accepted him. And when you read Ephesians 1, it's so beautiful. And I love all most translations of the Bible. Um, And yet Ephesians 1 in the Passion Translation just amazingly gives you this beautiful picture of what God did and why he did it for us. And the reality is no one can talk us out out of our, our Christianity. Dare somebody to come to us and say, oh, you're not saved. Oh, oh, we will argue you down without a problem. And so that says to me, then we still are in the mode of receiving. We've received our salvation. So you can't tell me that when I die, I'm not going to be, you know, absent from the body is present with the Lord. You can't tell me that's not a thing for me. But now ask me if God will provide all of my needs. Now, if I'm honest, I can sit with you, Yolanda. And if you say I have a need for this, 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 I'll say, girlfriend, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Have you not read what heaven looks like? It's paved with gold. It's this, it's that, it's this. And he's already given you his most benevolent gift, Jesus Christ. Salvation is the hardest thing to accomplish for a human being. He's already done it. So what is providing your needs for him? His word says he will provide all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ. So it doesn't say some, it doesn't say most, it says all. So where's the gap? The gap is, do we believe that's for us or do we just believe that's for everybody else? And the key thing is believe, which means there's a faith issue because we don't necessarily have a receiving issue because we have received salvation and we can't be. And that's what faith is. Oh, that's so good, God. Sorry. Faith is being fully persuaded that what God has said is ours. So if that is what faith is, meaning we can't be talked out of it. And yet we see that we can be talked out of God providing all of our needs. It's in his word. Just like if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. It's the same road that we have to take to provide all of our needs. You explained it so perfectly, right? 
So then what is it? What are the hindrances that are blocking women from seeing, is it mine? Like it's yours, but why can't we believe, actually believe and have that faith that it's ours? Mm. So I'm in this right now. Like it is, um, it is very real for me right now. And so there's so many ways in which this can happen. And yet there are two things that I've recognized in this. One is if you have in any way, shape, or form been abandoned, in any way, shape, or form. Now, I have to unpack that slowly because it um, it has many faces to it. And so, Lord, help me to articulate it in a simplified form. We can be raised in a home and both of our parents be present. And that was my home for the most part. I grew up in the home where both of my parents were physically in their bodies in the home. And yet they weren't present. And at a very early age, I was emotionally, mentally abandoned. And I understand now on this side of things, they did the best that they could. And here's where um, me being bold to say some things that are uncomfortable for my family is going to come in right here. They did the best that they could. But the one thing that they didn't do at this point in their lives, and I pray that they do that God has shown me is the only difference between them and me and why I am where I am and do what I do is that they didn't choose to surrender their life to him. And so they did the best that they could in their humanness, but they could have been so much more if they would allowed him to lead them, to parent me. And so I understand that. And I hold that I don't hold that against them. From there, from being abandoned at an early age and then actually being literally legally abandoned by my parents and left to figure out my way on the streets. That's a whole nother level of abandon. And so there are some that have been orphaned in that way. So you live out this uh, unspoken process of abandonment that as you step into It's so cool to me how God can still set you in things to let you see a glimpse of how he sees you. Because I would have never seen Courtney as a leader. And to be honest, even to this day, I would have never seen that. And yet he has positioned me in places where it just has happened. And, you know, a lot of times it did not have a title. It didn't have a title that was speaking leader. It was more so um, just a role of support. And yet, you know, John Maxwell says it best. Uh, Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So you don't have to have a title to be a leader and be influential. You just need to obey the process of it and just let God use you. So abandonment, it can be that you are mentally, emotionally left abandoned, and it can mean that you are physically left abandoned. And so it says to you, you are not worthy, which is the next thing. The other barrier that can cause us to not be in a position of receiving is that we see ourselves as undeserving, which is another word for saying I'm not worthy. And it's very interesting to me because let's just bring that full circle. Whether you have been abandoned and there's an orphan spirit that you need to be delivered from, right? Or the unworthiness, which is also a spirit speaking very loudly. Either way, and and for me, it's both. Well, that's yucky. That's okay though. God's a big God. And he's so patient. And so while either one of these can be the thing, here's the interesting thing about either one of those. If you're the one that's abandoned, in Galatians, he talks about, and I believe it's 4, 4, and 5. He talks about how through Christ, he adopted us to be his sons. 
Now, for those of us who see that as a very literal word, let's just break that down. In Hebrew, it means sons and daughters. So let's just be clear on that. And then the most lovely thing that I have apprehended today, today, and we were talking a little bit before we you know, started to record, is God's been dealing with me on this very thing and every day has been different in how he does it. And so I'm watching Better Together and I hear Lisa Harper say, when that word adopted was written, it was during the time of the Romans. And during that time, it's interesting. If you are the firstborn, the, you know, during those times, the firstborn got everything, period. What was interesting that I never knew was if that is your firstborn, you can write them off and say no to them having an inheritance and they are abandoned. But if you adopted a child and adopting a child at that time was not a child as in baby or toddler, it was a teenager or adult. If you chose to adopt during that time, you were saying two things. One, this is going to be my heir because we're heirs of the promise. When they chose to adopt, that was the one child they could not forfeit. They could not. It was illegal. So let's put that in the word context. In other words, when God chose to adopt us, he cannot and he will not forfeit. Come on, that we are his daughters and his son. And for me, for this abandoned woman who has experienced abandonment on so many levels, That so speaks to my heart and I'm so raw in it and I welcome it because I know there's such a magnitude to what it is that God wants us to receive. And it means being uncomfortable in this. It means allow the uncomfortability in this. And then there's the worthiness piece. Do I deserve? Man, if you were to come to me even two years ago and say, Courtney, you deserve to have nice things, I would argue you down and give you my track record of what disqualifies me for that. And yet God is saying, those may be facts. Those actually may have happened. However, according to my word, that's not the truth as to what makes you worthy of receiving. And it's Christ who has made us worthy. And you can only know the worth of a thing by what was paid for it. So I'm going to make this real simple. Christ paid for us. He was the most opulent, benevolent thing that God could ever bestow upon a person. There's nothing that exists on this earth that is even close in comparison to his worth and value. And so whatever his worth and value is, God deems us as the same, not less than, the same. That means as we take on his righteousness and his way of doing and being right, and no, that doesn't mean we have to be perfect. That's the whole point of Christ. Come on. Then (laughs) that means we're counted worthy to receive everything that he has for us. The problem is, is the gap between us just simply saying, Father, because you said it, that makes it so, so I receive it. Isn't it interesting how This last statement sums it all up, but it's the hardest thing to do. It's almost as a matter of choice. Father, you said it, and I'm choosing to receive it. Truth right here. Real hashtag real talk. You know, I use that word that little (laughs) phrase. It's simply a choice. And it's a choice that, you know, we get to be like Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God for his inheritance. He wrestled with God 
And the reason why he wrestled is because he he wanted to reason things. And, and I love how even God in the Old Testament, you can find the scripture where he says, come, let us reason together. And really what he's saying is bring all your reasons for why you feel that my word isn't true. I welcome that. And I want to show you that my word is true and there's nothing that will diminish that. I mean, think about this. God said he holds his word higher than his name. That's how important and powerful and impactful his word is. That his word remains and it will never change. And it really will come to a place where, which I'm glad you said that, because here's what happened to me on Friday when I saw it. When God said to me, Courtney, you're afraid to go with me in the basement of your heart because there's some dark things there that you're going to have to trust that I won't abandon you in. When he said that to me, I said, you're right. You're right. And yet, God, I want what you want. And so I'm not going to wrestle with you here. It's very uncomfortable, though. And I feel very raw. And I feel very exposed. But I ch- I'm going to choose to trust you. Amen. Thank you for your vulnerability, first of all. Um, but I, I think this is exactly what we needed. Like so many things that you spoke about, I, I definitely can relate to the abandonment, right? You said, oh, well, and, and seeing ourselves deserving, you're like, great, I have to deal with both. Well, same here, right? <laughs> which, which, what's the probability of all of us having right. to deal with that? Exactly. And so this is why it's important to bring it home here as a leader that if this is hitting home, and you have been leading up to this point off your talents and strengths and what God has blessed you with. Mm. Now it's time to take it to the next level because now it has been revealed that this is probably what is keeping you from entering that next level. And it happened to me. I was leading. I was having good. I was having success. But yet all these emotions keep flooding and nobody knows these things except for you and and except if you're willing and courageous enough to share what's going on in the inside of you. And it's, it's time to defeat it. Like Craig Rochelle says, you cannot defeat what you cannot define. We have defined it here. So literal with the word of God, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Not Mm -hmm. being able to receive because abandonment, because of feeling unworthy, unloved, unprotected. You just, just, we could go on with the list. And you had said, I want what my father wants. I want your will. When God exposed you and you felt so raw, but ultimately you, Courtney, me, and the listener here, I mm. could guarantee you we we are after the, the will of our father. We are after God's business, kingdom mm. business. Yeah. Just as you were saying that, Yolanda, there's something that is very true in what you said. And I believe as leaders, we need to hold with great soberness. As we are led, we will lead. If we will not allow God to lead us to these places in our hearts that are hindering us from us receiving the anointing, the calling in its fullness in which he designed 
then we will not be able to lead as he desires us to lead. Powerful right there. And my sister listening on the other end, listen, your passion, your anointing comes from suffering. And these things are deep and they're raw. But at the same time, you are going to be walking from glory to glory and from every new level that you are going into, God is with you, revealing things to you. If you quiet down a little bit, you will listen to the Father's voice. It's kind of like, I and I don't have this quote memorized all the way, but this is the concept. Busyness will kill intimacy. If you're constantly doing, 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 instead of being the daughter of God, then it's going to kill that intimacy where you could discern his voice. Have you ever heard the acronym for busy? No, share it. B for being, U for under, S for Satan's, Y for yoke. Being under Satan's yoke, right? Wow. There is a godly design of being actively engaged in all the things that he has led you to do that make us busy. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've noticed about when God leads us to do things is there's an ease about it. And then there's a strategy of us being busy that we are led by the enemy in sometimes, even as godly, God-fearing leaders, we too can fall <laughs> under that strategy of our enemy to be busy. And yet, if we were to take that list of all the things that we are doing and say, Father, here's my list. I did that at the beginning of the year. And I have to be honest with you for the first time. Ugh, I hate I have to admit that, but there it is. And I submitted my list and I said, Lord, here's what, here, here. What is of you? What's not? And I love what God did. He says, here's what you keep. Here's what you release. And that was it. And I'm like, okay. Was that hard for me? Absolutely. Because all those things, let's just be real here. We're going to go straight to the chase. Everything that we do, especially as Christians, they all look godly and good. None of it looks sinful and bad. That's what makes it so hard to differentiate what is of God and what is not. And yet to bring it back full circle to what you just said, are you being before the father? You're not a human doing, you're a human being. So part of that is be before your father so that he can lead you to what is of him and steer you away from what is not of him. And there's such a peace in that. And I just, I sense right now, there's such a sense of discontentment. And I believe it's a godly agitation and an invitation to find out why is it that he's allowing that? And I truly believe that as we all answer that agitation, that little knock on our hearts, that's just this, ugh, I just am not content with life right now. That as we accept that invitation, we will get before him and he will begin to show us it's time to, yes, keep this. And yet it's time to let go of this. And a lot of times we feel like if we let it go, that we will be out of order or we're not being good stewards. And yet I'd like to present a question with that. That is going to hurt some. How do you know that you keeping that is making it so that the person who is supposed to handle that can step into their calling? Are you not possibly a hindrance because you just feel like, no, I need to do this? 
because it's the right thing to do? Is it, is it, does it matter more that it's the right thing to do or that it's a God thing? Come on now. <laughs> that could take us on a whole, whole nother, nother. <laughs> leadership topic, standing in people's way, their growth, because here you are doing all things. And um, I need to say this before I forget. <laughs> um rest if you're not actively resting mm. just kind of like god when he emphasized the creation of the world and everything and then he rested um if you're not actively resting and you're doing 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 because let's be honest as leaders we are working on sunday we are working so that others could be ministered and blessed and delivered and so that the word of god can be spoken so we are working in a certain sense for god but if you fill yourself up with calendar, you're never really receiving from your father. You're not being, you're not spending time with him. Thou, those are red flags. It is so pivotal. Jesus was the greatest example, right? Of all things. And his example of being about his father's business, it meant he was busy. And yet... There's something beautiful about his disciplines. You know, we are Christians, which simply put means we are disciples of Christ. Another way of saying that, though, is we are followers of Christ, following in his footsteps. And that would mean that we would have to look at his patterns of life. Jesus's patterns of life was, yes, being about his father's business, and yet he held more of a priority being with his father. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. This I, Okay. All right. <laughs> that alone is a whole word. And I'm going to allow that to sink in and simmer in. Courtney, I want to I wanna give you the floor to kind of wrap it up. But what you feel the Holy Spirit is speaking and what he wants to talk, mm. tell his daughters. You are a daughter of a heavenly father, the heavenly father. And as the daughter of the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, he's in pursuit of your presence. He desires more your presence than what you can do for him. The pattern of the kingdom is be, have, and do. And if you're doing it in any other way, then you're out of order. You're out of alignment. You have to be before the father. And that's so uncomfortable. We're just going to say that. We get that. Because in our humanness and because we've been at this, we've been at this thing called life for a very long time. And yet he's inviting us into a different pattern of being. And that is be with him and let him show you what that looks like. Because every day can be different and it's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. And yet I have to say, I can promise you it is so worth it to just be with the father. And allow him to steward you in what that looks like. And then you can have. What do I mean by have? I don't mean have stuff. I have to clarify that. You will have a knowing within you of who you are and whose you are. And as you have that knowing, you will also have authority. And you will also have equipping. You will also have empowerment. And you will also have his glory. And then you can go out and do what he's called you to do. Amen. Amen. Courtney, thank you so much. I know this has been such a blessing. It's 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 deep. 
it spoke to me deeply. I know it, it spoke to you, Courtney. And I think I really love how we just were able to come on here, be raw, authentic, and talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about, but that are very necessary. And I just want to thank you so much. Um, are you currently coaching? I am. Yeah, I, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, I wanted to, uh oh, here we go, follow the flow of the world and what you should be doing, right? <laughs> And so God's just like, mm, you can go ahead and keep on doing that, but that's not what I've called you to do. So when you want to come on over onto my side of things. And so with that, I, I wanted to do group coaching. And yet, as you can tell by just our conversation, these things that we're talking about, they're not easy to do that in a group setting. They really do need to be held in a one-on-one -on -one space. And so for that reason, at this point, um, God has called me to one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching with women. And um, that's a woman of any age. And um, yes, it's in leadership. Um, and so I do either six months or 12 months. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. I question God on that. Like, why can't it be three months or why can't it be, you know, a la carte? And he just said, because there needs to be a pattern of having work through a thing. And so as much as three months sounds great, six months is that sweet spot where things have been established, we're doing them, we're operating in them, we're functioning in them, and it's a good foundation of going forward. Um, and yet those that have done it for a year with me, there's a significant difference between the two. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I do both. Um, and yes, I do just for those who, um, who feel like, oh, I can't do that. I do a one month intensive where we meet for 45 minute sessions once a week for four weeks. Um, the thing is though, that word intensive is very intentional. It's intense. And yet you will see uh, tremendous results. I have clients who have loved it and it has launched them. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and I would have to add on to that. I think it, maybe you could say that, like, in order to do one month intensive, I think you have to be at a certain understanding level and a certain commitment level. Mm -hmm. Because even like in therapy, um, one of my favorite characters is cognitive uh, behavior therapy. And I mm -hmm. love to do like a cognitive behavior coaching style. Mm -hmm. um, that's a minimal of 12 weeks. Why? Because it, it takes time. And so... Yeah, I just wanted to say that. So yeah, I'm, I appreciate that. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I um, highly recommend you guys check out the coaching packages. And also, I will make sure to leave all your information and all the links and how people could find you and your Facebook group and podcast down below. Courtney has been such an amazing, beautiful connection call Zoom recording with you, sister. Uh, I just want to thank you and God bless you so much. We love you. I love you. Thank you so much.